0: Hello. Welcome to this episode of Harmonious World. I'm Hilary Robertson and for this episode I'm joined by trombonist Nick Finzer. His album Cast of Characters has just been released and it was a live set recorded just before the 2020 lockdown. It was recorded at the University of North Texas where Finzer is assistant professor of jazz trombone and it's got some great musicians on it accompanying Nick. Nick said... Recording with an enthusiastic audience in the room is a truly special event. Knowing that you're going to share this performance in the future gives you a little more of an edge when you're playing, a little more concentration and a little more fire. This is a lovely album, and I hope you enjoy listening to my conversation with Nick. Thank you for joining me on Harmonious World, Nick Finzer, and it was a great pleasure to listen to your EP, Cast of Characters.
1: Oh, yeah, thanks for taking a listen. I appreciate the time and I appreciate the conversation today.
0: Yeah. So obviously I want to talk to you about the EP, but I also want to talk to you about your website because you've got one of the best musicians' websites I've ever seen.
1: Oh, well, that's very kind of you.
0: (laughs) You've got a lot of stuff on there. So obviously your own performances and that sort of thing, but you've got a lot of stuff that's about the teaching, which I, obviously that's part of your life, but that's great.
1: Yeah. It's just been something that's slowly kind of evolved over the years and I, sometimes I think that the website's a little, it's got too much stuff on it. So I try to keep on decluttering over as we go. But uh, yeah, I, I've kind of been into the online teaching stuff since around 2016. And so it's just slowly been building resources and try to keep things, keep things going. And obviously the last year having no performance opportunities we have been more focused on trying to grow that side of my life uh, in addition to you know writing music and, and teaching in person
0: right yeah so this was recorded literally a few days before we all went into lockdown wasn't it the 29th of february
1: right it was yeah i had a big tour planned to celebrate the album that had come out last february the week the day before that concert on the 28th and uh so we, we we were supposed to kick off a tour. We kind of got off the next week on a little bit of that tour. Got to the West Coast, uh, to California and Arizona. And w- by the time we got to uh, Nevada, we were at the University of Reno there. And then uh, it was just getting too crazy, and I just had to cancel it. And we just went home because <laughs> I was like, we can't be out here trying to tour while they're going to shut down the whole world. And then a couple days later, then it was all over. So. Yeah, that was kind of the end of what I hoped would be the beginning of a really kind of like a month of, t- of touring on the West Coast, East Coast, and um, sharing the music. I was really excited to get the music. It had been kind of a different more in-depth compositional process for me and I was excited to get that music you know shared. and so it didn't happen but luckily we did get this concert recorded and um, got some, some nice video to go along with it and start to release that and share it and it's always good um, to get the feedback of you know people that have been listening kind of a Bing the tunes from the, from the original record and then for the live version and so that's been cool to have those conversations on on Instagram and, and on YouTube with some of the people that have been checking out the music.
0: Yeah, and the videos, the, um, it was obviously a very intimate setting, wasn't it? Because the the audience is kind of all around you.
1: Yeah, so we set up the the performance space uh, was at the University of North Texas where I teach, and uh, this kind of like a it's a performance space. It's also the rehearsal space for for all the big bands, and so. There's like I think a hundred seats in there or something like that, but we wanted to kind of get people down into the crowd and kind of get the cameras to be kind of around, um, and kind of create, like you said, like a more intimate experience based on some some other musicians who had put up videos, kind of in a similar style where the audience kind of is is involved. And so I wanted people to you know be be able to be like, oh yeah, I was there and blah blah blah, blah and they can see themselves. And so it's cool to see some of the the stu- my students that now have graduated. Uh, in the background, kind of as we as I like we'll go through the videos and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, we wanted to get that like more interactive energy because you know when it's just black and you can't see anybody, sometimes it's from the stage. I mean, you know, it gets yeah. a little you get disconnected, you know. So then it's uh, it's nice to be able to kind of see some people and and have that interaction.
0: Yeah, almost like a jazz club, you know, where you're yeah. sitting. You know, I I've quite often been to these you know little smoky jazz clubs where not smoky anymore, but you know, where you're, you're sitting at a table right in front of the stage and the musicians are right there.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: And that definitely comes across in the videos. I think it comes across in the music as well. They definitely, they definitely sound live.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, they're not pristine. They're not like uh, go back and fix all the mistakes kind of thing. It was just, um, but that's kind of the, that's the energy that I like about live recordings from, you know, the history of jazz. It's like, it's, it's the real, deal you know it's not the polished version or whatever um and you're right it has a different energy has a different kind of uh, intensity I think just because you're kind of especially when you haven't had that much rehearsal time say and you get together and play there's a little bit of that nervous energy that's like okay we got to make sure that um where everything kind of goes as planned but to me putting musicians in that kind of headspace is a really interesting uh dynamic because if you over prepare sometimes I think you get kind of bored or complacent but if there's kind of new and fresh and maybe you're afraid of what what might happen it kind of lends itself to exploration and lends itself to have that that energy because you don't know and you're kind of like okay i got to really be engaged not like just playing bye bye blackbird for the hundred thousandth time you kind of think about whatever so it's been kind of it's always been something that some of my mentors did to me uh and so now I try to kind of keep that going because I feel like even though it's uncomfortable, it really, I think, adds to the excitement of the music to have that little element of surprise or kind of nervousness or however you want to describe it.
0: Yeah, I think it does. I think sometimes the danger with, you know, big jazz productions is that you feel like you're, as, as you usually are, the the 15th gig of a tour And everybody knows exactly what they're doing. You know, it's all just kind of, let's just get on with it and get through it. And I always love, um, I go to Ronnie Scott's quite often and, and, you know, all sorts of other places in London. And I always love it when there's no set list. Mm, You know, there isn't a set list written down on a bit of paper and you get this sense that the pianist is just going to go, oh, I know, we'll do this next. And you can see them, um looking at each other and going oh okay this this is this one's coming next or we're going to do something new or you know and that's just so exciting
1: yeah it's one of the magical parts of I don't know playing music in this kind of genre in the jazz world is just the I mean that's what I love about it I don't know if that's what everyone loves about it but that's what I love about it is just the instantaneous interaction and Not not only just within the songs, but like exactly like you just said, like between, you know, picking the set list with, you know, just the flow with the audience and kind of going and going off the energy rather than just being like, all right, well, this show, it goes like this and we're going to go through and play song number three and four and five, you know. So for me, it keeps it keeps it fresh and it keeps it uh, engaging and exciting. So I'm with you.
0: Yeah. Good. Um, tell me about the composition of the tracks. When did they get written? How did they get written? What's the uh, story behind them?
1: Sure. So yeah, the the compositions from cast of characters kind of evolved from a wanting to kind of encapsulate not necessarily certain people uh, that are like, it's not about a certain person necessarily all the time, but certain types of people that you meet along your journey creative journey as an artist and so like it starts off with kind of this track that's called a sorcerer is a myth and so for me it kind of came from this idea of you know the further along on your journey you go the more layers you're able to pull away eventually to the point where the thing that got you so excited in the first place is no longer a mystery you know when i when i started when i looked at people who i looked up to i was like how on earth do they do that what how do i get there you know and as you go you realize oh they're not actually magicians or sorcerers they're actually just really really dedicated to their craft and dedicated to the music and learning just like how to how to improvise and how to play and all of these things so with that i tried to create kind of some other people that you know i had encountered <clears throat> excuse me the type of people that had shaped my life and so i wanted to kind of create this tapestry of music that when it was woven together kind of had different elements that kind of came back throughout so there was a couple there's a couple themes uh, within the music that are kind of twisted and turned in different ways so if you listen just to the very opening of the first track the sorcerer track there's this solo piano bit that comes in and that was something that I adapted from something I heard from Chick Corea and then took that and kind of turned it into basically all of the compositions with other things thrown in, but there's this, this little figure and uh, using some, you know, compositional techniques of like playing things forwards and backwards and flipping them upside down and all these different things um, became just this the jumping off points for this. So it was for me, a challenge of trying to create something different um, musically than I had on the other records I had put out. Cause some of the other records were more traditionally tune based kind of like jazz like here's this song and this song and putting together a collection of of songs. but this one for me was more about trying to compose something that uh, wasn't necessarily a through composed piece but where they were interrelated and kind of tied to you know this theme and this idea of this of this journey and just the people that you meet along the way and so that's why I came with a cast of characters and so I had these uh, animations or not animations these character drawings done that were kind of fun to um, kind of give it a a little bit of a fun to me vibe and uh and so that that's kind of the that's the big picture overview of kind of where the the tunes came from and the the thought behind them
0: right did you arrange them for a particular ensemble or did you create the ensemble around the tracks
1: yeah so i have my group that's been my group for the you know we've put, put out five records this one this five like physical records um has lucas pino on tenor saxophone and bass clarinet who's on this uh, ep as well uh, alex wins a guitarist in new york glenn zaleski a great pianist in new york dave Barron is a bass player and drummer named jimmy mcbride also in new york and so we've made a bunch of records together and so that sextet has been kind of the core group that i've done all of my records with since the first one and um So I wrote it with that group in mind and those particular players in mind, knowing that um, Lucas is a really great bass clarinet player, for example, and that we could feature him in a number of different ways on the original record. He um, it's hard to bring bass clarinet and a tenor saxophone on the road. So he he was just playing tenor on the new EP. But um, so with that in mind, you know, I tried to write it for that sextet of those guys, those people that I'd recorded with with, uh, over the years. And so the, after after making several records with a group of people, you have a pretty good understanding of what their strengths are, what they what's special about them, and how what you can feature about them that uh, will really let them you know shine musically. And for me, it kind of comes out of a deep love and respect for Duke Ellington and how he did that with his band, and that was the music that got me into jazz. So I have this kind of idea of always trying to write for people. So for example, if if on this concert, for example, we didn't have a guitarist because it's not that I feel that like there isn't a guitarist that could play the music, but it's like I wrote a lot of the stuff for Alex, the person that Alex wins who was on the record. And I was like, well, it's not to me, just like plug in somebody else. It's like, uh, it has to be musically a good fit and all that sort of thing. So um, that's what it was orchestrated for and written for. It was, it was this group, the Sextet that I've had for the last 10, yeah, 10 11 years.
0: Right, and are you planning? Now we're coming out of lockdown. Are you planning mm-hmm. a, to restart the tour?
1: Yeah, I've reached out to the venues. I kind of been waiting because I don't, I didn't want to do all the planning again and get it canceled again. <laughs> so no. I've been a little cautious about doing booking those things. But uh, but yeah, no, there's some uh, inklings of things coming back, and uh, so I'm trying to get this music uh, back out onto the road and. And get the, the band back together and, and get those some of those east coast tour dates back and and all that stuff so that's the plan we'll right. see we'll see how it comes to fruition but yeah
0: right and how was your lockdown because obviously it started as a huge disappointment in terms of cancelling this tour mm-hmm. and then we all went you know the world stopped and hasn't is it's sort of slowly changing gear a little now but it's very slow but so how has the last 15 months been for you
1: yeah it's been a, it's been challenging uh you know just the same way as it's been for everyone um but you know before the lockdown I was traveling back and forth to New York uh because I teach in Texas and then based in New York mostly musically and so all of that kind of stopped and uh because the university was like nobody can travel obviously nobody was traveling anyway but um so that led to me being basically in texas um the whole time which was a kind of interesting experience you know there's some different beliefs about um (laughs) the (laughs) whole thing and uh so it was interesting you know kind of confronting the type of person that believe that maybe believed that the whole thing was made up and uh even though I'm like, we're not going to get into an argument with them about it. But, um, you know, so that's, it's been interesting and challenging in that way. But, uh, you know, for me, I try to, you know, take advantage of whatever the situation is. So I tried to um, really hone in on getting a bunch of projects that were kind of half done, you know, done and launched into the world. A lot of them happen to be educational projects and educational um, some books, came out last year and uh, I've been working on writing, writing a book and and doing some different things around. Um, I have a record label that I run as well. And so trying to really put in time into like building that business up into something that can uh, continue to, to move in the positive direction. Cause you know, as you can imagine between teaching and playing is sometimes that third thing gets set to the side a little bit. And, and, and so it was starting to need some attention. And so it ended up being, for me a time to have that extra time of being able to invest into these um, other, other adv- adventures that I've uh, set myself upon. Um, but overall, you know, I'm just really glad that things are starting to come back and um, you know, I'm just, it was a good period of self-reflection and kind of figuring out, you know, like what, what's next for me. And um, thankfully you know, I'm at all. I was a little bit scary last summer. My my whole family ended up getting uh, COVID. They're they're out in Arizona, and they were all ended up being okay. But it, that was a little scary last summer. But uh, everything worked out okay for them. But um, yeah, anyway, it's been it's been a little crazy. But has it? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I I also think you know sometimes we forget when I, I started this podcast exactly a year ago, it's the 22nd mm-hmm. of May and it at that point. So for a start, we were going into, you know, we were right in lockdown. The weather was glorious. So nobody really minded too much, but we had Trump, you know, and we've forgotten the craziness of the social media, the news all the time and everything. And although January's lockdown was difficult because of the you know for here especially here the bad weather and that sort of
1: thing Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. it's (laughs) it has been a better few months because we don't have that you know I Um, agree (laughs) (laughs) but it's interesting because I'd actually forgotten until I started looking back at some of my old podcasts and the first thing people were talking about was as you, you, you know, you alluded to the fact that there were lots of people who didn't believe that there was anything going on that, you know, right. you could just carry on doing whatever you wanted to do. And, it, you know, and we've kind of forgotten about that. Thank goodness. It's, we can forget about it because it's dialed down a bit.
1: Yeah. Thankfully, thankfully. Yeah.
0: yeah. Now, one of the things, so we, we talked at the beginning a little bit briefly about your website, which I think is is remarkable as a musician and as an educator it's got everything on it i love your podcast you've got lots of um sort of they're free Mm -hmm. um instructional things for obviously you know for trombonists for general musicians and things i think that's really generous and really um Uh, a a real sense of community about that about musicians who are studying and you know who want to improve i think it's brilliant
1: yeah i mean i think that there's no better time obviously over the last year than to focus on you know that was one of the projects i mentioned like i was like i'm gonna figure out how to do a live stream and a podcast and get all of this stuff going because i mean what else am i going to do but it's also had been on my list for a long time as like this is a way to really connect with people and really connect with musicians. And it's been a great, a great way to get, you know, people excited about, you know, some of the other educational stuff that I do and, and just, there's not a lot of um, I fi- I find that there's sometimes a lot of musicians or co- creators that there's a, <laughs> I mean, the platforms drive you in a direction to like make what the audience wants, which, you know, drives you eventually to just posting videos of cats, right? Yeah. Dancing on the piano. So I was like, well, I'm going to try to make a channel that's going to just not focus on that and focus on just good information. Um, And that means that it's grown very slowly, comparatively to to if I had been making videos that appealed to a wider audience. But it's like I feel like there isn't that as much of that more like detailed information. about stuff so that's that's kind of where I started from and so just committed to being a little bit smaller but uh putting good what I think is good like good information out there
0: yeah good and useful information for especially perhaps for young musicians who a lot of them will have been starting out on their musical perhaps professional career but certainly musical career you know even even at school or at university and to stop you know lessons stopped and then lessons were just online and they weren't quite the same because a lot of teachers really struggled with that and mm-hmm. the technology wasn't always easy and you know all of that and so I think to have things like your website is great so okay. well
1: th- thanks for checking it out I appreciate the kind words
0: Well, I I went onto it first because I wanted to check out the videos Mm -hmm. and then I realized that there was all this content on there. It's brilliant. So great stuff.
1: Thanks. Okay.
0: So, so hopefully some of these gigs will start happening again. We hope so. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate your time.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I'm glad we could speak.
0: I hope you enjoyed listening to that conversation with Nick Finzer. And I do recommend that you check out his website. He has some amazing resources on there. All the links are in the show notes. I started this podcast with the opening of A Sorcerer is a Myth. And now you can hear Evolution of Perspective. And please do listen right to the end because you'll hear a sound on there that I haven't heard for so long. And I hope you enjoy it. If you enjoy listening to Harmonious World, which I hope you do, please share it with your friends and family. It's easy to do on social media or just sending them a link with a private message. Please also consider leaving me a review and a rating wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to Harmonious World. and I hope you do have a wonderful week. Remember to share what you are good at so that the world becomes a little more harmonious.